Tonight, a sobering rethink on the next round. New advice to Canadians on the risks of alcohol. Moderate drinking redefined. I definitely have more than that. And most people I know do as well. The health concerns some will find hard to swallow. Travel trauma over a wheelchair lost by Air Canada. It's like cutting somebody's legs off. Amplified airline outrage. This is happening every day to people everywhere. Plus a diamond in the rough. It's going to be a great opportunity for fans to experience the ballpark in a different way. Touching base on a major overhaul at the home of the Blue Jays. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. This is the middle of dry January, when some Canadians go without alcohol after all that holiday cheer. And new guidelines suggest abstaining could be a good habit year-round, that no amount is safe, and that any more than two drinks a week raises the risk. I don't think it's realistic for me. A week? Oh, really? Wow. No, it wouldn't work for me because I have three beers a day. I think that that's appropriate, more appropriate. Uh, but I don't think it's doable for Canadians. I would find a, wa a life without wine would be quite uh, poor. The research says the fact that alcohol is a carcinogen is often unknown or overlooked, but it's linked to 7,000 cancer deaths in Canada every year. CTV's Alberta Bureau Chief Bill Fortier on the new warnings some see as the glass half empty. On Edmonton's White Ave, there are about two dozen bars in just six blocks. So a big portion of the Strip's economy is poured and served. Thank you very much. But new federal guidelines suggest everyone who drinks should consider drinking less. Two drinks or fewer per week to keep your risk of early death because of alcohol low. Three to six per week just to keep your risk moderate. Anyone who has seven or more is at high risk and it gets worse with every additional drink. Usually you have more than that. Huh? You have Four or five? I don't know. I think anybody can withstand more than two drinks a week. Yeah, so uh, I think maybe it's a bit low. The guidelines also say you should not have more than two in any given day. The advice is part of a report by the Canadian Centre for Substance Use and Addiction. We're asking people to consider reducing their drinking to a level that they find appropriate. The research highlights the link between booze and seven forms of cancer, including breast and colon. So we know that over 40% of Canadians are not aware that alcohol increases uh, cancer risk. Previous guidelines recommended a weekly maximum of 15 drinks for men, 10 for women. Authors of the report say the science has evolved and the new recommendations don't come with firm limits by design. We want people to be informed. We want people to know what's going on and to be able to make their own decisions. But getting Canadians to drink less could be a tough sell. As Canadians, we very much include alcohol as part of our social networking. Um, and it can be challenging to reduce consumption. I do believe people who do go to pubs regularly are not excessively into their health. So um, I think that they'll they're going to stick to their habits. The group behind the guidelines is also calling for warning labels on bottles and cans, an idea already seeing pushback from the industry. Omar. All right, Bill, thank you. And if you need one more reason to reduce your drinking, the cost of alcohol has gone up like just about everything else, though new numbers today showed inflation is slowing 
a little. Year-over-year, year, prices were up 6.3% in December, down from 6.8% the month before. But as CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver reports, when it comes to food, there is still little relief at the grocery store. Almost every food item in store aisles is more expensive now than before, and consumers are feeling the pinch. You're scared to go even go shopping and you can't get out of here under $100. The grocery store, you used to get like four to five bags for 100 bucks. Now, like, you get two. It's ridiculous. The budget-crunching decisions stem from rising prices across the supply chain that independent grocer Eli Enjame has to navigate daily. We buy our vegetables from three different suppliers, and they're all in the same ballpark. So when celery went up to $120 a case, they're all at $120 a case. So it's scary. Over the last year, fresh vegetable prices have gone up nearly 14%. At one major grocery store chain, a six-pack of peppers is selling for $9.99 today, up from $7.99 a year ago. A package of grape tomatoes, now $4.99, up a dollar from last year. For restaurants, the hikes mean cutting corners or raising prices. We try to, you know, save where we can. Uh, we do things like uh, if it saves money, we'll, a staff member will go out to pick up the groceries rather than get them delivered. Though costs overall are still climbing, gas prices are bucking the trend and helping to drive inflation down. Last month, they dropped more than any other month since April 2020. It still seems up and down. Some days it seems like it's a deal and other days it's way up again. Going up and down. Yeah, especially driving these trucks here, it's not cheap. Though inflation is still well above the Bank of Canada's target, economists say Canada is past the peak. We're starting to see signs that this uh, uptrend inflation line in Canada, I would actually argue globally, uh, is starting to finally break. Next week, the Bank of Canada is widely expected to announce a quarter percent interest rate hike. After that, Omar, economists expect the bank will hold steady. That decision to come next Wednesday. All right, Annie, thanks. A First Nation in Kenora, Ontario, is the latest to make a potentially devastating discovery on its grounds. At least 171 anomalies within cemetery grounds associated with the former St. Mary's Indian Residential School. Wajeshk Onigam Nation says survivor testimony and months of ground-penetrating radar searches led to, quote, plausible burials, although anomalies could be stones or clumps of clay. We need to get to the truth. And in order to get to the truth, we need sustained funding to conduct these work. St. Mary's Indian Residential School was operated by the Roman Catholic Church from 1897 to 1972. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission says at least 36 children died while attending the school, though survivors believe the number is higher. An emergency room at a Quebec hospital was forced to shut down when a group of nurses walked off the job. Many are threatening to resign over working conditions that include mandatory overtime. CTV's Quebec Bureau Chief Genevieve Beauchemin reports. Sirens were silenced for hours here. The busy ER at Montreal's Maisonneuve-Rosemont Hospital was shut down overnight as nurses held a sit-in, refusing to report for duty and threatening to quit en masse. Last night, I think uh, they hit the wall. Nurses here are repeatedly forced to work overtime because of critical staff shortages. Three, 16 uh, hours in five, uh, four days. Amélie Richard says she's exhausted, worried she can't provide adequate care to her patients. Sometimes I just don't see the end. 
This patient, Jessica, watched overworked nurses at the breaking point. It was crazy in there, she says. I was in pain, didn't have anyone looking in on me for hours. One nurse put in an IV and it hurt. She was exasperated, told me she was not seeing straight. The nurses' union, management, a mediator and the health minister spent the day at the hospital. My role is to make sure that patients are being protected, but also that employees are being listened. It's a high-risk problem plaguing hospitals in many parts of this country. Two women died within two days in Nova Scotia. Alison Holthoff and Charlene Snow struggled to receive care in ERs. The province held a health partners summit today. My message uh, to, to all the leaders here today was just go like hell. A strained, if not broken, system is what Prime Minister Justin Trudeau called it. Still, he conceded today there's a lot of work to do before Ottawa reaches a funding deal with provinces. I am confident that we're going to get to a good place because premiers have been hearing the same things that I have. Tonight, some ambulances are being redirected away from Maisonneuve Rosemont Hospital to give staff some breathing room, but that's no long-term solution. Omar. Genevieve Beauchemin in Montreal. And just 50 kilometers north, investigators spent the day searching the debris for the cause of last week's deadly propane explosion. Crime scene specialists are carefully sifting through large piles of rubble. Police say there's still a lot of work to do, but the priority is to identify the three victims whose bodies have been recovered. In Ukraine, nearly 7,000 civilians have been killed since the war began, according to the United Nations. And today, the country's first lady made a direct appeal at an influential global gathering in Davos, Switzerland. Olena Zelenska urged international leaders to provide more aid and weapons to Ukraine. Zelenska spoke as the toll from a deadly Russian blast in Dnipro went up today to 45. CTV's Danielle Hamamjan is in Kyiv, Ukraine tonight. Danielle. Omar, the death toll of Russia's deadliest missile attack in months is still rising, but we know at least six of the dead are children. The search for survivors is now over. Of all the apartment buildings reduced to piles of concrete over the last 11 months, few have been hit by an 11-meter Russian missile designed to destroy a ship. It tore the walls off this yellow kitchen, once the site of much happier, normal life moments. It was home to well-known boxing coach Mikhailo Korinovsky. He trained boxers of high level, but he never forgot about the children, said his colleague. What the international community calls a possible war crime doesn't translate as such on the Russian side. Instead, its troops in Ukraine were paid a visit by a high-ranking official. Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu told his men their service was being carried out with dignity to protect their homeland. Among those who make up Russia's forces in Ukraine are not soldiers, but mercenaries with the Wagner Group. Ruthless, well-funded, and now without one Andrei Medvedev, who claims he was a commander with the group. The 26-year-old says he witnessed the killing and mistreatment of Russian prisoners brought to the front line. He feared for his life and fled to Norway, making him the first person to have served in the Wagner group and defected to the West.
News of that defection came on the same day the Kremlin announced major changes to its armed forces by 2026, promising to shake up its military structure. Omar. Danielle Hamamjian in Kyiv tonight. Danielle, thanks. Scary moments for passengers on board a packed bus in England today. The double-decker rolled over an icy road. Fortunately, no one was killed, but 26 people were treated for injuries at hospital. New details are emerging tonight about a failed U.S. Republican candidate who allegedly hired gunmen to attack Democratic lawmakers in Albuquerque, New Mexico in recent weeks. Solomon Pena is scheduled to appear in court tomorrow. He's accused of orchestrating a string of attacks and paying four men to shoot the homes of four state and local Democratic officials. Four shots through the front door, two shots through my partner's vehicle. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was shocking and scary. No one was hurt in the shootings. Pena lost in November's state election, but the Trump supporter was reportedly adamant that he'd won. Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg was briefly detained during a protest in western Germany. Demonstrators had gathered to stop an abandoned village from being raised to expand a coal mine. Thunberg was seen smiling as German police carried her away from the protest site. There were no charges and the 20-year-old was released after an ID check. Time for a short break, but when we come back, a different kind of air rage. He needs it for everything. A painful double standard for passengers with disabilities. Plus, the Canadian stops on Madonna's New World Tour. Escaping the cold prairie winter just became a lot tougher for people in southern Saskatchewan after Sunwing Airlines pulled the plug on most of its flights out of Regina. These are folks that in many cases have booked months in advance to get away to their sun destination, and now they're going to be disappointed. They'll either have to cancel altogether or rebook another way. Beginning February 4th, Sunwing is stopping weekly flights from Regina to Mexico, Cuba, and the Dominican Republic. An Ontario man on vacation in Chile is struggling just to get around tonight after Air Canada forgot his customized wheelchair in Toronto. Disability advocates say more than 10,000 people a year are affected by airline mistreatment of their equipment. Here's CTV's Adrian Gobriel. Kathy and Jim Hamilton thought their dreams of traveling the world might be grounded. In May of 2021, Jim had a stroke. And I never thought we'd travel again. In spite of Jim's stroke that also left him with a speech disorder, they packed their bags, and on Sunday, they set off to fly Air Canada from Toronto to Santiago, Chile. Before boarding, they gate-checked Jim's custom wheelchair. We were the last people off the plane, and when I stepped out that door and his chair was not there, you have no idea. Jim's wheelchair was specifically designed for his tall, six-foot-two frame, and it's much more than just a mode of transportation. He needs this chair to get out of bed in the morning, to function throughout the day. Air Canada gave the Hamiltons this replacement wheelchair in Chile, which is too small for Jim to maneuver and includes a broken footrest. Back home, Kathy's daughter has been trying desperately to help. The fact that the wheelchair was checked right at the gate, at the entrance of the plane, and somehow didn't make it into baggage. How frustrating is that? 
It's mind-boggling, to be perfectly honest. I do not understand. And there's a luggage tag on it that it's just left. At this point, what we're seeing is a pattern of behavior. And that's the equivalent of discrimination. In November, we spoke with Mayenne Ziv after Air Canada damaged her specially equipped wheelchair beyond repair. She was initially offered 300 bucks. The airline eventually paid thousands to replace her chair, which she finally just received yesterday. Our mobility devices are treated like luggage. There is no distinction between someone losing a suitcase and someone's health, mobility and independence being literally stripped from them. Air Canada claims Jim's wheelchair will arrive in Chile tomorrow in a statement saying they did immediately offer the customer a $300 goodwill gesture. Yeah, that's an insult. In the U.S., airlines must report all lost or damaged mobility devices, but no such regulations exist here in Canada. Adrian Gobriel, CTV News, Toronto. Misplaced luggage nearly knocked a group of elite cross-country skiers out of an international competition after they arrived in B.C., but their skis did not. It's stressful. It's very stressful, but um, we're hoping uh, Air Canada can do something to pull through. More than 20 racers in Prince George, B.C. waited four days for their bags to arrive from Vancouver. If they're not on their skis and their equipment, uh, it puts our, puts our athletes at a disadvantage. The gear finally reached tonight just in time for the qualifying races that begin tomorrow. Some good news. Still ahead, a new game plan. The Blue Jays hitting it out of the park, modernizing the fan experience. A long-standing NBA tradition was rekindled today as the White House celebrated the NBA champions. The Golden State Warriors are always welcome in this White House. Always. Superstar Steph Curry expressed gratitude for the prisoner swap that brought jailed WNBA star Brittany Griner home from Russia. Well, it's a big part of uh, our, our basketball family, and uh, it means a lot to know that she's here and home safe with her family and all the work that went on behind the scenes to make that a reality. The Warriors skipped out on their championship White House visits in 2017 and 2018 when Donald Trump was in power. The Toronto Blue Jays are swinging for the fences to transform the fan experience into a home run. CTV's John Venavelli Rao with the sneak peek. In a stadium where the usual noise from the crowds has been replaced by the roar of a remarkable renovation, we donned hard hats to get a look at what's been done and what's to come. It's just going to be a great opportunity for fans to experience the ballpark in a different way. Ever since the Jays lost the wildcard series against Seattle, ending their 2022 season, the Rogers Center has been undergoing its biggest transformation since it was built 34 years ago, with a hope it'll help propel the Jays to another championship. For starters, in the 500 level, all of the seats are gone, those old powder blue ones being swapped out. They're new seats, they're slightly wider uh, and, and more comfortable. In the outfield, some of the seating's been scrapped altogether to make room for several new patios and bars. You can see brand new renderings of what those will look like, hoping they may draw new fans who can casually watch and have a drink. The bullpens have also been lifted up so fans can surround them. So elevating the bullpens just provides a whole other dynamic to the outfield and, and that'll allow fans to interact, whether it's heckling in our visiting bullpen or cheering on our guys. 
The Rogers Center is one of just three multi-purpose stadiums left in Major League Baseball, not built specifically for the sport, and the push to make it look more like a proper ballpark. This was the view before, what it looks like now, and what it should be come opening day. The first phase focusing mostly on upgrades to the outfield. To accommodate all of the changes, overall, the stadium will end up with about 3,200 viewer seats. But they think the trade-off will be worth it, with more changes to be made at the end of this coming season. John Venavelli rouse CTV News, Toronto. And music lovers also have something to look forward to. Madonna is embarking on a world tour celebrating her greatest hits over an epic 40-year career. The 64-year-old has three Canadian stops, July 15th in Vancouver, August 13th in Toronto, and August 19th in Montreal. Incredible career. After the break, a symbol of pride ahead of a major international Indigenous sports event. Competition will be fierce at the Indigenous Games in Nova Scotia this summer, but there is already an early winner in the contest to create the medals. On tonight's Indigenous Circle, CTV's Kreesan Ajkate shows us the winning design. How strong we are as a people. Excitement is growing in Millbrook First Nation as the North American Indigenous Games in Halifax are now just six months away. It's getting closer and finally becoming reality because we've been waiting since 2020. The official medals were revealed with Indigenous culture front and centre. Including Indigenous petroglyphs that were once etched in stone by the Mi'kmaq a millennium ago. It just made me feel really happy and proud of myself. Chosen out of hundreds of submissions, 14-year-old Alice Gawthorne was the lucky artist whose design was picked. She says she made it while learning about the Mi'kmaq people in school. I was aiming for just one star in the middle, but then I thought that, that was too basic, so I just added another one. Mi'kmaq artist Taylor Fern Paul collaborated with Scawthorne to finish the final touches. I put a lot of uh, cultural symbolism into it and um, to think that this is going to be worn close to their hearts to mark their achievements is really beautiful to me. It's time to lift our spirits. For nine days in July, more than 5,200 Indigenous athletes and coaches from 750 Indigenous nations from across Canada and the U.S. will gather in Nova Scotia to compete in 16 different sports. Our community, we invested a lot, a lot of resources in our, in our grounds and in the area to support the archery component of, of these games. A host nation and city ready to roll out the red carpet for Indigenous youth, dreaming of bringing home the gold. Chris Nachkate, CTV News, Halifax. And that's a snapshot of this Tuesday. Thank you for watching. Have a good night.